everybody. This is the Spawn of Me podcast, episode 270. I'm your host, Khalif Adams, and I am joined this week and every week with my man, my mellow, the smooth kind of fellow, the man who makes Chicago's winds blow <laughs> is Stubby Stan. How you doing, sir? I am doing great. I uh, Yeah, man. All my talking makes the wind blow. Um, you know, uh, my uh, the wind smells like peppermint icebreakers. Oh, that's not bad. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's minty fresh. I thought it, I thought it was going to smell like uh, La Frange. La Frange. <laughs> La Frange. <laughs> uh, actually, uh, I just had a, a, a beer that is uh, it's called The End of the World, but it's from, oh, nice. Quebec. It's, it's, it's from Quebec, so uh-huh. it's actually called La Fin du Monde. So, oh. <laughs> so yeah, so maybe my yeah, um, um, so, <laughs> so uh, the uh, so yeah, so sometimes the wind in Chicago smells smells of la fin du monde. Oh shit, damn! Yes. That's not, I'm just I'm just waiting for like by uh, L'Oreal. Kind of, oh my god, you stupid! <laughs> you were. You, you're like speaking French, like the way that um, I don't know if you guys ever seen SNL when Keenan does Big Poppy. Yes, yes. <laughs> he speaks Spanish. Like, yes, you're yes. talking French, like the way he speaks Spanish. Yes, like, so, some mofongo. Awful. Yeah, exactly. Oh, God. Yes, some chuchu- big pico. lunch. Yeah, big lunch, chef. <laughs> <laughs> big oh, <Christ>. lunch. <laughs> Oh, my other man, my mellow, the smooth kind of fellow, the man who makes science look good, the man who makes STEM look good, the man who makes tutoring look good, and mini froze look good. It is Sharif Jackson of SharifJackson.com. How are you doing, sir? I'm having a big lunch. I'm doing good, man. <laughs> um, yo, shout, shout out to Keenan, man. Longest yeah. tenured. Isn't he the longest tenured? Yes, I think so. Yes, yes. Yeah. It's not shout even a think. Him. Yeah, it is. I would have never predicted. Yeah. I would have never predicted he would be the one, but yeah. he's. Yeah. He's found he's, a home, he's, man. I think the thing about SNL is if you're too good, you like bounce out because right. you get yep. all the movie career. He's like yep. right in the medium. I feel like he does good stuff. Yeah, and, you know, look, you know, he, he he has does good stuff all the he, time. He he is definitely he's found his niche, um, yeah. and he's like, look, this is where I'm gonna be. Like he, you know, he's he has done some major motion pictures. Um, he 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 probably has a sense that he's not going to. Uh, break out and turn into some burgeoning comedic star. Yeah, like on Kevin the big, Hart or something. Yeah, yeah, on the big screen. So he's he's happy with where he is. He's got a job. He's been working for seventeen years at at, at you know uh, in in one place um, for the you know. So and he's making dough. So living living yeah. a dream, man. Props. Yeah. Shout shout out to Keenan. Yeah, Keenan just chilling in the pocket because you. Yeah. The interesting, the funny thing about that is like folks who have been like the burgeoning and kind of breakout stars, they kind of fizzle out real fast. Right, right. So he's like, he's like figured that out and was like, yeah. Yo, I'm gonna just chill here. I'm gonna make these funny faces and I'm gonna get paid. I'm out. Exactly, exactly. It's <laughs> it, it seriously is like twenty percent. You know yeah. those people that come out and you're like, oh man, that person was really funny on uh on that sketch comedy show and now they're gonna do some you know some big screen stuff and it and it you know it works about 20 percent of the time one out of every five of, yeah. of those cast members really turn that into you know become movie stars yeah so really quick i saw yeah. a tweet uh this past week from Keenan? where 
No, not from Keenan. <laughs> Uh, but somebody was kind of retelling or re- or kind of going through some of the big moments from the Arsenio Hall show. Oh, oh, and nice. and they uh, they had that one moment where Michael Jackson came out to give Eddie Murphy the biggest, like the best comedian of all time award. He gave him like the goat comedian award. Wow! And then from MTV, and then in turn, uh, Eddie then gave Michael the best like pop icon award oh, or something like cool. that it was a cool it. moment it made me really miss arsenio hall shows yeah and like just how crazy that that era was of just like time and space and, and media for 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 black comedians and for him yeah arsenio yeah. got shafted by the way uh second time around he you know he came out had his first season um uh his good buddy jay leno came out and announced and surprised everyone in quotes that uh, he had been picked up for a second season, and then a week mm. later they canceled the show. Oh shit! <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I thought Arsenio was dope. Oh, yeah, they old, they pulled they pulled dope. the okie doke on on the new Arsenio. Wow! Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Right. I, it was I actually liked it. Yeah, yeah, yeah it so did good. I. So did I. So did I. It was pretty. Yeah, good. I, was I think pretty the, good. the the last time I saw a clip of the old Arsenio was was when he had like Jason on there Wait, advertising. What? Uh, the uh, Manhattan Jason, I think, was part. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, Jason takes and, Manhattan. Yes. Yeah. So, so he had. I thought it was a real actor that played Jason, but he just had a Jason guy just sitting on the couch. He was asking him questions, and Jason was just just staring at him the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> it was hilarious. It was great. Oh god, oh, yeah, that was a great time. It was yeah. a great time for a yeah. lot, a lot of stuff. Um, But we're going to have a great time in this episode. We're going to be rocking with you all in Mm. Chicago. Thank you again for checking out the show this week and every week. We had a blast last week. And uh, we'll talk about next week's show towards the end of this episode because it's going to be pretty, pretty dope. Um, But there are a Um, lot of great stories. Yeah, before we get uh, into the show, I just have uh, three words for you. Mm -hmm. Let's get busy. <laughs> oh man! I, right. You know I mean, what? The dog pound. The yeah, dog pound was real. I yeah. also meant like Arsenio could poke you in the eye. From uh, home. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> Et anyway. Et looking at him like, damn, he got some long fingers. <laughs> Yo, the uh, I gotta say, uh, Keenan's impression on Living Color. Yes, with oh, the high yeah. butt. Yo. If you have not seen old episodes of the Arsenio Hall show, go on YouTube, please, and check right. out some of that stuff. Yeah, and then because it, it, it was a very it was a very special time. Yeah, oh yeah, TV. oh hundred percent. Um, man, you just threw me way off with that because now I'm just running that stuff in my head. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and he got to date Paul Abdul. I was so mad. Anyway, um, oh yeah, the show. Yeah, the yeah, we've got a show. Right yeah, we've got yeah, a, we show, a show, man. Um. There's been a bunch of different uh, things that have kind of popped up in the gaming world uh, as of late and as of especially of last week or of this week, I think. I don't know. We're in a time warp. Um, But one of the cool things that I wanted to kind of pay attention to and uh, put a spotlight on is this new project uh, for Rami Ismail uh, from uh, Vlambeer, one of the co-founders of Vlambeer, Ridiculous Fishing and Luftrausers, games that they have made in the past. Um, and it's a really interesting take on the idea of kind of the mini mini game game of the day um, kind of I, I don't know if it's a genre. Would you call it like a genre in and of itself of like putting out really small episodic, games, not even genre. episodic games? I don't yeah, think it's a genre. No, 
Because the games aren't connected. It's like different. Well, I'll I'll let you like describe what it is first. Yeah. Well, uh, from their website, they shared that uh, 350 developers, Rami kind of asked everyone to kind of team up and put out a game a day, each one from a, from a different developer. Um, and they would be kind of these small captured moments from the developers' minds to kind of share an emotion or a feeling uh, or to, to try to evoke, uh, you know, something within the, the person who's playing it. And each day you get a new game and the one that was uh, up previous, you won't have access to until maybe I think they said they may figure out a way to kind of like have them all showcased at the end of the year. Um, so every day you'll get a new game that you'll be able to play. Um, it's, it's a really interesting concept, especially coming from someone who's been in the indie space and kind of been a champion of the indie space for a long time. Um, has anyone on the squad had a chance to kind of like dig around in any of these games and, and mess around with them? I downloaded it. I haven't gotten a game yet. I'm just trying to find my game. Mm-hmm. My game, the game, the game I played was Find Meditation. <laughs> did you, I did yeah, the I, launcher, I, the launcher I lost, not work for you? I lost that game. Uh, the launcher, it, I thought it worked, but I was doing other things at the same time, so I wasn't really paying attention. It was like, oh, wizard, go wizard, you know, huzzah, mm-hmm. and then. Uh, I didn't pay attention, and then I couldn't find it. Yeah. So, so I started playing Devil May Cry. Reef, <laughs> <laughs> did you get a chance to mess around with any of it? I did. I did. I, I mean, I, I, you know, I was just checking Twitter. I think on, I think it was on New Year's Day because Rami basically launched it then, and he mm. said, you know, he, 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 he basically, you know, he uh, tweeted out. He said, one morning in 2017, I played a short game that made, that made me wish I had a tiny new game like it for every day of the year. So that's what he did. He talked to all those devs and these are like five, 10 minute games. They usually have like clever tricks or like, it's like an experience kind of. So it's yeah. really cool. I've basically checked out all of them. Like I've, I've like woken up, you know, um, and like before I leave for my first session, you know, I'll go through and I'll check out, you know, you, you like literally, you just, you know, it like downloads like a bunch of games for the month, you know, maybe 300 meg or like 400 meg. And then mm-hmm. you just start at the launcher. It says begin, and you just you know play these cool little games. Um, I think it's great. Um, shout out to uh, former guest uh, Lisa Brown who had a game mm-hmm. in there. Yep. Um, and yeah, it's it's just cool because the games are like, it's not like hey like play this platformer as of yet. Um, all the games are like you know they involve shapes or like things that you have to like manipulate on like a screen it really does fit like that mediations title as in they're just things that just uh make you feel good and they're fun and actually actually i i think it's meditations actually not mediations yes yes yeah but um, no no one's getting divorced (laughs) yeah (laughs) um yeah it's just games like they just make you feel good and it's wacky and creative and weird and it's just the things that i like about um about gaming that i wish got some more attention um so yeah i've definitely been digging into it and enjoying it yeah uh, i'm gonna read a quick a blurb from the site it says every developer was asked to pick a day that means something to them or just a random day and to make something inspired by that day and the idea was to create a meditation of sorts a reflection or a capture of a particular moment uh, so that each game was to be no longer than five minutes and it was supposed to be free of text uh, this would also help to support uh the personal uh, his personal belief this is rami uh, in some ways that games are a global language of their own and that every meditation will be prefixed with a short description, but the games themselves will be free of text. Um, 
I did get a chance to check out the Lisa Brown game and the Lisa Brown game was so dope because uh, Lisa has talked uh, in public oft, uh, often enough about sometimes dealing with depression and the theme around her game was depression. And she kind of prefaced it by talking about the that feeling of, you know, uh, being in a room by yourself while there are other people like in a room adjacent to you. And you hear everyone having fun and you hear everyone kind of enjoying themselves and you hear everyone kind of being boisterous and joyous, but depression being such as heavy blanket that it feels like you can't move from the space that you're in to get into that space where, you know, you will feel better. Um, and it was kind of represented by, you know, those um, like uh, those art models of just like the, the human anatomy, those like really small yeah, wooden yeah. ones that they have. Oh, yeah. So it's sure. kind of so it's kind of represented by that person or that that. Uh, that body laying on the ground kind of crumpled in like uh, the game called Quop. You remember Quop at all? Yeah. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. of course. So it, it kind of, the physics of the game were in this kind of Quop style where you like grab a, a, a limb and you try to basically pull that person across the, the screen to get into the other room. And it's super difficult because of the physics. And it was interesting because I hadn't really, I, I've, I've gone through small bouts of depression, nothing that's been super um, you know, long or, or clinical or anything like that. But like those feelings of depression totally felt so smartly connected to the way that the game played that I was just like, Oh man, I finally understand what it means in the form that you're trying to share uh, through the game that you've made. And it totally made that one-to-one connection. And it was really, really well done. I had to shout Lisa out uh, on Twitter because it, it just really encapsulated those feelings in a physical form that I hadn't really seen represented in that way. And it was super dope. I was like really happy to see it be out in the world like that. Um, I guess my question is, are there any themes that you hope to see meditations kind of tackle uh, in these kind of short forms? Uh, Reef? Yeah, I mean, I, I um, honestly like joy. Mm. Like, I think like, like, um, you know, when I, you know, when we were having the game of the year and I was thinking of the games that I really enjoyed, like God of War and Celeste, um, even Spider-Man, right? These are games that are well designed, but they put you through a lot of anguish, you mm. know? And like, one thing I like about um, this project with these small bites is that you can have a game that's just joy. It's just happy. And that's it. It's, it's just like designed to just put you in a good mood and then you go on you know with with your day or you or it's at the end of your day and you go to sleep in a good mood so i'm really hoping just to see some just joyous stuff that's just like straight up like i'm trying to make you happy through this medium so that's what mm. i'm looking forward to see what about you yeah uh, i i mean i would say something similar i think that joy is something that people uh, I th- I think you know while depression is something that uh, people that don't fight it take for granted, um, you know the the common f- uh, refrain from people who suffer from depression when they complain about people who don't, um, the common refrain is just get over it, mm. you know just don't be depressed, um, and you know and so like from from that perspective and i think the the general malaise of of the world with which in which we live currently um leads leaves a lot of people feeling pessimistic um so yeah so joy and optimism and the fact that we you know that we kind of take those things for granted um so i would love to see that kind of stuff and and also i would love to see people's interpretations of uh, popular holidays, hmm. um, to see 
I would I would really be interested in seeing what someone's interpretation of Valentine's Day is. Mm. Um, you know, um, I know that for you know for many people, of course, it's it's Cupid and love and all that other stuff. But in my head, immediately, if I'm thinking about Valentine's Day from a gaming perspective, I'm thinking about being Saint Valentine beating the snakes. like like i would love to see uh you know what someone's interpretation when they if you know you're a talented game designer and i give you a holiday and uh, you know and i'm like all right make your representation of that holiday i would just love to see what what people come up with that would be super dope. I, I, I'm going to piggyback off that really quick. And I think I would like to see, since we will see one of these games every day for the next, for, for this year, I want to see somebody tackle something like Juneteenth. Like that sure. would be pretty dope. Like, sure. and then I also, I also want to see somebody kind of like dig into, you know, um, thoughts about race. I would love to see that be a topic that gets kind of uh, thrown up against the wall and to see how people kind of take it and kind of remix it and what their what their take would be on, you know, issues of race or gender or sexual preference and, and all those things. Like, I think all those things would be interesting to see kind of played themselves out in these really small snippets of games. Um, one thing that did come up in the past week since the announcement of the game was there was a little bit of controversy around the credit crediting of the artists who uh, participated in this project, which was really also interesting to see on Twitter. Um, a couple of folks kind of brought up the, the fact that um, with the games being out, there is the kind of small blurb of who did the game and what the game is, but there isn't really a place to go back once a game is no longer live uh, to be able to go see who did what and, yeah. and how that can be detrimental to folks who are going to be in this space who are most likely indie developers who would benefit from being able to have themselves credited in this space. Um, conversations from Rami have been um, pretty interesting because he, he has kind of uh, uh, owned up to the fact that he did not get this particular part of the, the project right. Um, and then he's working on trying to rectify that and make it better. But there has been a pretty interesting backlash from pretty progressive folks in the in the gaming space, which is which has also been really um, interesting to watch how that has kind of played itself out. Yeah. And and, and like I want to give him props to handling this like, you know, he's been very vocal about it on Twitter, like taking accountability and uh, really letting us into his creative process on it a bit and, and, and like how he messed that up and. And so he's he's really been taking it head on, and I, I definitely appreciate that. Yeah, yeah, I, I, you know, what I would love to see, and I, I mean, I've got a there are a couple of sites that I belong to that have you know either daily deals or uh, there's a particular site that I go to every day that has a technical ebook um, for the day, and that book is uh, you know only available for free that particular day. You know, you use if you log in, you check it out, you do all the stuff and then um and then you have the book in your library. Um but you can always go back and they have archives of the books that, you know, from the previous days and weeks and months. Um I would love to be able to see just the calendar. You know, like if we go to the web- website, um just a calendar for every day of the year. For and if you click on that particular day, you can see 
what the game was and who the people were, even if you can't download and play the game anymore. Um, just just some sort of archive so that, again, yeah, let's let's give all of the people, you know, these are these are small shops that are, you know, hungry for uh, both attention and recognition. Um, give them give them the ability to have some of that and, uh, you know, potentially give them the chance to be either the next big thing or, you know, maybe this parlays into some more work someplace else. And, you know, that's important. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah, it's a cool project. And I'm I'm hoping that all that stuff gets figured out and rectified at some point and that they, you know, are able to give people the credit that they want. I know that there was also a conversation about folks who didn't necessarily want to be credited. Um, so it's a sticky situation for, for Rami and the team who are kind of working on that project. But I think overall, it's it's really nice to be able to see these kinds of things kind of bubble themselves up and, and um uh, be out in the world and, and have stuff for all of us to kind of enjoy. And it has been enjoyable so far. So yeah. shout out to Rami and the rest of the crew who, who are putting that together and all the devs who decided that they wanted to, you know, jump into that project. Cause it is really yeah. um, something special. Well, if there's, if there's one person that I believe will do it right. And, you know, in quotes and, and uh, that has my trust in making sure that uh, the right things are done. It's Rami Ismail. So um, I think, I think everything, will work out just fine. Agree mm-hmm. on that. Um, yep. Folks who I do not necessarily trust with my full <laughs> Ah, set you up, baby. Yo, knocked <laughs> it out the park, B. Um, <laughs> what was it? I, got, I just had the damn thing from uh, Half Baked just come into my mind. The damn name <laughs> of the dog. Anyway. Yeah, you um, kill killer, B. Kill killer, B. Kill killer. <laughs> anyway. Um, the wonderful folks from Twitch uh have seemed to put themselves back in hot water at least their uh their kind of moderation team um if you remember at least a couple what was it like maybe a couple weeks ago at this point or was it was it even more recent than that a couple weeks ago there was a stream that got viral that went viral or at least a a clip of a, a stream that went viral where uh, uh an australian streamer by the name of mr dead moth uh was caught uh engaging in domestic abuse against his wife on stream while he was streaming Fortnite. Everyone who saw this, the, the, the clip uh, jumped on that and said, you know, this is terrible. Why is this person still on the platform? We need to make sure that this stuff doesn't happen. This is the community I'm talking about. Um, and they jumped to, to kind of make sure that that person and Twitch knew that this was un, unreasonable and that this shouldn't be on, on the platform. Uh, a couple, I think, a couple hours or maybe a day or so later, uh, he was banned from from uh, streaming. Um, and then a couple days ago, randomly, he tweets out that he's gonna go back on Twitch and start streaming again, which means that someone at Twitch lifted the ban on his channel and allowed him to go back to going <laughs> and playing Fortnite or whatever game he was gonna play on his stream. It's madness that that was the thing that happened initially where he even got a chance to kind of come back and people freaked out on online. They were like, yo, what is happening here uh, with Twitch and their rules and their TOS not really being worth the paper that it's written on? Uh, So you have that as the kind of first layer of it. And then secondly, uh, a couple days after that, because of the uproar, then he got rebanned. Um, and now is probably somewhere in limbo trying to figure that out while also having a case against him in Australia about the domestic abuse. So 
man, where 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 are we at now with with Twitch terms of service? Does anybody even know at this point what's a thing that will actually get you banned versus a thing that will not get you banned? Because if you can just get unbanned for this, then I don't know where you know we're in, we're in the wild west at this point. It's it's so uh, Twitch Twitch is the DMV, right? Mm. So like you the service that you receive. Or, or the the level of um, agency that a particular modder has, or, or whatever the case may be, is and and how stringent they are on um, monitoring the rules and you know going by the letter of the law, um, both for for punishment and leniency, is wholly dependent upon the person. That is uh, responsible for things that day, or at least that's how it appears out from the outside looking in. Um, mm. And there isn't a lot of there isn't a lot of evidence to prove that it's not that that's not the case, um, because it there doesn't really seem to be um, any rhyme or reason for why one person gets banned for doing a thing for long periods of time. Another person gets banned for a short period of time for doing something more, you know, doing something that that other people deem more heinous. And there are plenty of times where you'll see two people doing very similar things and the punishments being, you know, one going completely unpunished and another person being being banned for 60 or 90 or 30 days. Mm hmm. Yeah, you know, it's it's wild west out there. Yeah, and this is such a to me, this is such an easy win for Twitch. Yeah, like I mean, not 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 what happened. I mean, potentially this could be such an easy win for Twitch because when we talk about like banning people for you know saying something racist, hate speech, or doing something you know you know showing you know showing too too much whatever, like that stuff where I feel like. A lot of other streamers push back because they're like, well, I could get in the heat in a moment and say something or like I could be wearing a tank top, which to me is just a regular tank top. But to other people is like showing too too, too much cleavage. I feel like some of these bigger streamers kind of think that way, which is why some of them tend to push back against some of the like regulations. Mm -hmm. But I feel like this is one of those like things where it's like I'm not going to accidentally assault my partner like on camera so (laughs) if they would have just got rid of this dude like i feel like it would have been so easy for them to just say yeah we take a stand against that and these other streamers wouldn't like be like well okay that makes sense you Mm. know and of course you'll get the blowhards that will always diss people that get you know they'll somehow turn that into a free speech of beating kind of thing like there's always those kind of like weird people but i feel like this would have been such an easy win for them to just get rid of this person like i mean it's just they don't know what's going on and it's sad um because they made this big deal earlier in the year about hey we're we're uh tightening our policies and and like uh, we're like making clear definitions about what hateful behavior is and it just shows that they will they will act more on certain things especially like the sexually like suggestive stuff as opposed to someone like physically getting beaten while like thousands of people are watching your stream so it's sad and they need to get get their stuff together this is proof again 
um, that they need some serious, serious changes um, in how they handle um, bannings. Yeah, it's 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 so just like rough to be able to see this and then feel safe on the platform now. Like, I mean, it's always kind of been, you know, where, you know, you have your personal safety, you have the stuff that comes along with, you know, the, the, the phenomena of swatting and you have all these things that are kind of the external things that will then specifically impact you as a streamer. But you always semi had an idea or had a feeling like if something really were, were wrong and it were to go were go wrong while you were streaming, that the platform itself would hopefully kind of have things in place and stick to those things so that you feel like you'd be able to you know engage in the work that you do in a in a good way. And it feels like every couple of months we have this two steps forward, three steps back move from Twitch, where. People are like, okay, well, I can rock with this. I can rock with that. But then someone is like asleep at the wheel and no one has the ability to kind of own up to it. Because I don't think I've still, I still don't think I've heard a, a statement from Twitch at all. Like I know that they don't necessarily speak publicly about, you know, why they banned people or or the reasons for or how long or whatever. But I feel like maybe that policy internally should wind up changing at some point. Like you appoint someone who is the, you know, uh, who 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 would be another you know kind of uh, person in another space like that? Like you need the commish, right, <laughs> to be able to like come out and be like, "Yo, this is what happened. This is the reason why it happened," and and we're taking ownership of it. Uh, do you feel like they'll ever get to a place where we'll get to a no tolerance policy for for half the stuff that we see? Um. So, yes, if they can figure out a way, if they can come up with. Uh, algorithms that are intelligent enough to um, watch and monitor all of the streams that are taking place at any given time uh, and and know how to uh, report uh, either words or deeds um, mm-hmm. you know you know once the the robots have really kind of taken over then yeah uh, that'll happen but until then, I don't think it is really possible just simply because of the numbers, mm-hmm. um, you know, the numbers of, of concurrent streams and the manpower that it would take to watch and monitor all of those things at any given moment. Um, you know, obviously they can be responsive about uh, any type of reporting. You know, if someone reports it or if many people report a particular user for doing a thing, they can go back and look at look at the archives and and check that stuff out and retroactively uh, ban somebody uh, as a result of something that they've done. Um, But, uh, you know, again, I don't know uh, whether or not that's going to help fix this type of policing that we have that where it's, you know, one cop will give you a ticket. Uh, another cop will let you go with a warning. You know, it, it really is up to their their discretion. Mm-hmm. Ruth, what do you think? No, I think I mean they'll have to be forced into it. Like, which means either either uh, it becomes like a mainstream story, like outside of gaming, mm-hmm. um, or a competitor comes and starts taking their market share. Which I don't think Mixer is uh, Mixer is great, but I don't think it's really threatening them in that way. Yeah, right. Yeah. And 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 like using the safety part as a reason. I don't. I think they've proven 
time and time again who they're in it for. Mm-hmm. Um, and they did release a statement, um, a Twitch spokesperson. Uh, they released a statement to, to Kotaku. Um, and they said, it's just the most generic stuff. It's like <laughs> ridiculous. It's like, it's something that you can literally copy and paste to anything. Like it basically is, it says, uh, protecting the integrity of our community is incredibly important to us. We want everyone at Twitch to have a safe and positive experience and work constantly toward that goal. Part of that work includes examining our policies and practices when we find they don't properly address specific incidents to ensure we're adapting as a Twitch community grows. Hmm. Like that is so nonspecific and like boilerplate. That's like like we're just trying to figure it out just as much as you are. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 like crazy. Like at least address the thing directly. Yeah. Like it's just yeah, they like they they they've just they have not proven that they have a handle on this stuff. I guess well, my question go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. yeah no. So I um a revelation that's kind of been brought to light to for for me over over the past couple of days um, by people in the industry that work for big companies is, is basically it really boils down to this. These companies, um, the gatekeepers are not diverse enough. And when, when your gatekeepers all look the same, they will, uh, they will not really look at things from, from the perspective of diversity. And it doesn't, doesn't, doesn't necessarily mean, you know, when you talk diversity, it doesn't mean cultural diversity. Um, well, actually it does mean cultural diversity, but it doesn't necessarily mean ethnic diversity or gender diversity or, uh, uh, sexual preference diversity. But when you have those things, uh, in your, in your workplace and there is a, there, is a flow of communication between all of this cultural diversity. You wind up having, uh, you wind up forcing yourself to make smarter decisions um, because mm-hmm. you're getting perspectives that, that come from all sorts of different work walks of life. Yeah. Yeah. Also like fuck these people who have been trying to defend this guy hitting his wife by saying that she was antagonizing him. Oh yeah, I saw like, a lot of apparently that. like throwing cardboard at him, and just just fuck y'all. Like there is no reason to escalate it to that level. Like get the fuck out of here. Yeah, that's that's bullshit. Like no no one supports that, and that's not real. So stop that. Um, I guess my question to both of you really quick is before we switch uh, switch topics is, I was kind of talking about this on Twitter. If there, I saw a lot of folks who stream that we know who are marginalized folks in in that space. And they talked about the lack of feeling safe in there. And I also kind of added a quick question to that and was like, well, if you feel like the platform itself consistently is inconsistent and also doesn't feel like from the conversations we've had about diversity, like she just kind of uh, jumped on and also the way that we promote certain people on this platform as opposed to others, do you feel like streamers themselves will figure out a way to do the the version of we're buying with our own dollars and not going to give you our talent and maybe decide that they're going to move somewhere else or do you feel like instead of a platform being the one that's like hey we're going to try to woo you over aka mixer that a mass exodus of folks who are in those spaces and don't feel safe will happen at some point 
Um, I just don't feel that's realistic. Um, yeah. I, you know, I feel like it's idealistic, mm-hmm. uh, and and that you, you know that you you as a consumer you talk with your dollar, as a creator you talk with your uh, you know you sp- you speak with your content, mm-hmm. and um, and the unfortunate part of of where Twitch is and how Twitch has established itself. Um, and, you know, and let's be fair, uh, it, you know, even even if there was a mass exodus, which, again, I don't, just don't think it's realistic, even if it was there was a mass exodus, um, I you know, I just point back to the thing that I said before. There is there is no place, no place on Earth um, where uh, especially in, in this domain where I feel like a, uh, you know, marginalized streamer can go and and really feel safe Mm. um where where if twitch tomorrow turned out you know if everyone decided that they were leaving twitch it's dead it's facebook Mm. um and now we're going to something else those trolls all you know all of the people that make you feel unsafe um all of the people you know this guy mr death dead moth would wind up beating his wife on somebody else's streaming service, you know, whether it be YouTube gaming or, or mixer or any, you know, or any of the other services that are out there. It's, you know, that wasn't what he did. Wasn't a Twitch problem. How they Mm -hmm. handled it was a Twitch problem. And what I'm saying is how mixer would handle it. Um, how YouTube gaming would handle it. I, I believe would be similar. Um, and, and, you know, and that's, that's unfortunate and, and, and maybe they wouldn't, and maybe they hear this and say, you know what, try us. Um, and, and if, if so, and they, they prove to actually be more responsible and, and more responsive then then kudos to them. Prove me wrong. Please make me, make me a believer. A couple of quick things before we take a quick break. I would love to hear folks from somebody on the Twitch side of it would love for you to come on and talk about this stuff with us, even if it's not specifically into, um, you know, the ins and outs of how the decision making process goes, which I would love to hear, which we would love to hear. Um, I would just like to know, like, what what how do how do folks how do you kind of gain that that that? that uh that trust back from the community when things continuously break on that end what what's the process in that conversation between you and the rest of the escalation team and i would also love to hear from streamers who are who are on the platform now like we know a bunch of folks who we've had on our show uh but if there are other folks who are listening to us now i want to know what you feel like the solutions should be like what what would what do you want to what do you want twitch to do to make you feel as safe as you possibly can while streaming um on their platform uh, while we do all that and while everybody gets their thoughts together, we're going to take a quick minute break uh, and we'll be right back after this. What's good, Internet? This is Austin Walker, a.k.a. Professor Killer, a.k.a. David Foster Flawless, a.k.a. Bars Von Trier. You already know what it is. And since you do, you should also already know that Spawn on Me keeps it real when it comes to games, culture and holding it down even when the world is on fire. Welcome to Chicago. Welcome back, everybody. This is episode 270 of the Spawn of You podcast. Okay. 270. Yep. Uh, that was us with a big question mark. Um, word. So besides all the stuff that we talked about in the first half of the show, friend of the show, not friend of the show, Soldier Boy, 
uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, was talking big shit uh, for the past month <laughs> after he came out with his fake console uh, that he was promoting on his website, on his Twitter feed, on his social media. That was this mashup of a bunch of different uh, emulators and ROMs and all this stuff in a kind of more portable fashion. Um, it man, he talked a bunch of junk, and then the my favorite was a tweet that was like basically like Nintendo Nintendo ain't gonna do shit to me. <laughs> he said this online in public with his soldier watch that he was selling, this console, all this other stuff. And then a couple days later, Reggie jumped out of a bush, snatched him up, <laughs> and was like, yo, calm that down. We're going to Superman that ass into jail if you keep fucking around. Right. So I want to know what everybody's thoughts are on one, Soldier Boy kind of getting into the quote unquote gaming market with his with his console. And two, what the hell did he think he was doing going up against Nintendo? <laughs> like, who do you think you are doing that move? Uh, Reef, I want to hear about that for you first. Yeah, I mean, to be real, like, Soulja Boy gonna Soulja Boy, like, I, I don't, I'm not as surprised or upset at him wanting to make a game console that he can play everything on. And it wasn't just Nintendo stuff. He had Sony stuff on there, Neo Geo stuff on there. Just ridiculous. It was like a ROM machine. I'm more like, what people... <laughs> did like play him to do this because obviously there were people that had to build this console they had to do the branding stuff they had to do whatever legalities they tried to do to actually make this a product so he had a team of people that enabled him to like a to like a to like a do this and they had to know that this wouldn't work so i'm like did they have something where they just got their money up front and and if it failed whatever or like i'm more concerned with those people around him that enabled him to do this because somebody had to know that this was wrong. Well, I think you know? that the, I think the, I think the actual like rub of this was that he wasn't, I don't think like he had a team together and they went to China and like did the production, all this stuff. I think they were basically reselling other cons, other faux consoles that were doing this stuff already. And he was like, yo, we just rebrand this. Right. Then nobody will ever know. <laughs> which, which is so funny to me. <laughs> like how do you not do that i don't know well i mean he, he said that uh, he had to boss up that was his big tweet he was like i gotta boss up you know um and like moody's units well hold on um, he, he said and he also said yo well i wish i could do a soldier boy voice but i can't uh <laughs> we'll keep waiting what was it we'll keep waiting the games we were licensed to us why y'all want to see a black man fail so bad shaking my head terrible <laughs> terrible i, feel, I, I feel wish like... that he didn't i wish he didn't pull his stuff like i kind of want a, a legal battle yes soldier boy representing himself and <laughs> reggie like representing like nintendo <laughs> i want them in the supreme court uh arguing you know their their uh, points that would be awesome see what are, you, what are your thoughts about the soldier game console well um what was that console going to be called the wash boy because he is washed. Soldier Boy is washed. Um, so, like, come on. I mean, I, so I will always applaud uh, someone's uh, attempted ingenuity, um, especially, you know, taking taking your, um, your fame and your notoriety 
uh, and trying to use that to parlay it into something else, some other financial endeavor, go right ahead. Um, you know, I will always uh, applaud your efforts, um, but I may laugh at your attempt. Um, and that is what I'm doing right now with Soldier Boy. Uh, you know, look, he decided he went straight for um, Nintendo because, uh, you know, I, I'm gonna spill a little bit of tea right now. Uh, it's not, it's not real tea, but it's a, it's a little bit of a Lipton tea. Um, you know, Soldier Boy, Soldier Boy has a, he has a, a nasty habit. He likes to ski a lot, so uh, maybe. <laughs> Maybe he had just maybe he just came off the slopes when he when he announced uh, that you know oh yeah we're gonna play all the Nintendo games we're gonna do you know we're gonna make this hot woo so wait you. so that gives, that gives a whole new meaning to crank that yeah exactly yeah. oh yeah yep yeah, well it was well, 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 I, it was crank that it was that's crank <laughs> yeah. well I I just went to soldierwatch.com. Uh, and you can buy I think this this might be the reason why he tried to think it's a work because he has a bunch of knockoff Apple products sure what so he has soldier headphones Mm -hmm. soldier pad soldier phone soldier pods and soldier watch and these are all like bad third-party Apple things yeah well Um, you know they yeah they've got to be like you said you know you go to China and they've got the products because the, the products are made there, right? So all of these products are made there. So the, so basically what happens is the foreman of whatever the, the you know, the assembly people are have have the specs. They give that those specs to another company that's like either down the hall or across the street. And they just start making those products themselves. And then, you know, Soldier Boy is like, oh, we can sell those products for you know, uh, half of the markup that Apple or whatever the popularized version of that product is. And I can throw my branding on it and, you know, boom, we got it. It's ours. Wow. Um, so I, want, I wonder if you go, I wonder if you go into the courtroom and Reggie's right there and Reggie's like, the judge is like, Reggie, so what, what do you, what do you want to tell Soldier Boy? And Reggie is like, I just want Soldier Boy to stop. So, to be like, I just want him to stop Soldier and lies to people. Like, I sold you a whole bunch of lies. Too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yo, so like, like so, Reef. You know, Reef was on the site. So they've got he's got AirPod knockoff AirPods in different colors called Soldier yep. Pods. Soldier uh-huh. Pods, right? So AirPods are what two hundred dollars, one hundred fifty dollars? Yeah, something like that. These you can buy these on the official site for six dollars and sixty eight cents. I think those are like soldier dollars though. So right, right, right. Rate. You got so to What's the conversion soldier rate bucks. on soldier dollars? Soldier dollars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, shit. Yeah, so like, I, want, I get... want to see it on the market. Like, what's the soldier dollar versus the yen? Knockoff. <laughs> Knockoff Beats wireless headphones, soldier headphones, for thirty eight dollars and twenty six cents. I don't know. I mean, he's for the people, man. Yeah, he's for the people. Yeah, I just want to know. This who's is like the like Starberries. Yeah, the yeah. Stuff. How dare you right. besmirch Starberries with this six six dollars <laughs> yeah, sixty eight soldier pod shit? Well, you know what? I think I think actually, you know, I I own several pairs. Still own several pairs of Starberries. Um, nice. 
and, support black uh, business. So, yeah, right. I got I've I've got less than sixty dollars worth of strawberries, but but um I would say that Soldier Boy and Stefan Marbury may have been skiing down the same slopes when uh <laughs> when when Marbury decided to put that stupid tattoo in his head and he started eating Vaseline, yo. But dude, here here's the thing. Soldier yeah, I remember when he announced this, I read on several gaming sites where like they were like, we bought these consoles so we can review them and and make sure, you know, and, and like see what's up. So he sold some of them to these reviewers. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I think that's all he needed to do was sell like five of them shits. Oh, man. And then he's like, I'm out. Like, so he he might have played the gaming media. Yeah, he knew that they had to buy them to have an official opinion on it. And he was like, I'm out. At, at some point, towards the end of 2018 he got to because of those people buying those consoles he got to go into his meeting with a slide that was like yo <laughs> so soldier game is up 225 percent yeah over 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 over, over last year cr- over last right. year right oh that's that's like so bad million. We, he just he came in doing the Superman like he was on he was on skateboards and he says you you who bought this dumb shit right <laughs> who bought this you <laughs> so you can you can buy you can buy a Soldier Phone HT seventy oh my god right. For three hundred and thirty nine dollars and ninety eight cents. Wow! Uh, and uh, it, you know it is. It's a six inch six inch screen with thirteen megapixel rear camera. Um, seven hundred seven twenty p recording. I can't believe you read eight, the specs. Eight eight megapixel uh front camera, ten thousand ten thousand milliamp. Battery, you got all the battery life you want. I'm actually a little uh, bit disappointed that he didn't rebrand them as Soldier Pixels. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that was a, that was a bad uh, move on his part. Yeah, anyway. that was a, that. Yeah, that was a bad move on his part. But again, you know, this is the power of, um, you know, when we when we outsource our our uh, intellectual properties here in the United States, or we get other countries to go out and manufacture them. Um, they get the specs for that stuff. Uh, and then other people like uh, industrious people like soldier boy can go ahead and repurpose that stuff instead of saying, Oh, you can sell these in the, in the flea markets in China, or we could sell these. I can rebrand them for me and we can sell them in the United States and we'll make even more money selling them in the States. Yeah. So, I mean, just think about that. He's selling uh airpod knockoffs for six dollars and 68 cents and that's still for a profit and people are buying those things for 150 dollars a pop Hmm. yeah anyway i don't know we'll see we'll see what happens next i want to see the next his joint's got a fingerprint scanner his phone has a fingerprint scanner i mean he's gonna need it for jail yeah (laughs) (laughs) you're gonna need it um Uh, last story of this episode uh episode 270 uh is one from our wonderful folks over at polygon from austin gosling who talked about the internet phenomena called 
the Bandersnatch from Black Mirror. Uh, if you did not see that, I'm surprised that you did not get caught up in in all the hype like everybody else did, myself included. Um, and uh, they wrote a great article about why Bandersnatch uh, didn't really work as a movie or a game because a lot of folks were kind of uh, jumping into the, oh, well, this is interactive media and this is kind of like a game. And, uh, you know, we're is this going to be the thing that crosses that that line over in real ways? Um, and I guess the first question I have is, did either one of you watch it? Yes. You did, did. watch it? See, did you watch mm-hmm. it? I, I have not because I have watched no Black Mirror. I did not want black my Black Mirror experience to be besmirched by this fake Black Mirror. Okay. Okay. I will, I will not go into details about the particular article only because if you have not watched it, I want you to be able to kind of watch it and ingest it and, and or I'm sorry, digest it and then be able to kind of like have your own experience with it. Um, the question I have is less about it not working as a movie or a game, but more about do you feel like we're maybe seeing a resurgence with this coming up? And there have also been a couple of other games in late 2018 and now early 2019 around full motion video games. Do you feel like we'll be able to see any kind of um, resurgence in that space? Because I think that that's an interesting conversation. Um yeah, I mean, I think we're we're going to start to see the lines blurred between um, all of our different media. Uh, I mean, we've we've definitely seen uh, adaptations of of you know literature, obviously, to movies, literature to TV, uh, comics to to movies and to TV. We've seen comic book adaptations. We've seen comic books. Uh, made into movies that look like comic books. So um, the fact that you'd wind up having the ability to uh, watch uh, a, a piece of content where you have, you know, you're able to make choices and, and, you know, you, the choices that you make will determine how, how things play out uh, unique, you know, unique, your experience is unique to then, uh, to someone else's, uh, that's that's bound to happen. As we get you know further into the AR and VR spaces, we'll definitely start to see uh, more and more of that come down the pipe. What are your thoughts, Avery? Uh, um, well, as far as the article specifically, I honestly think it's a, a some haterade going on. <laughs> um, I mean, I I I feel like people have to understand that this is. Netflix is experimenting here. This is not like, hey, gamers, here's a new game for you to game. Right. Like, this is like, hey, trillions of people that watch Netflix. Like, you probably never played a Telltale game before. Here's a very, very basic version of that Mm -hmm. in a mode that, you know, that is comfortable and very easy. I think it's awesome. I think it's introducing basic branch gameplay and concepts to a wide, wide audience, and I think it's super cool, and I think it, it, I think it's kind of overanalyzing it to try to sense it as like, is this a good game or not? Because it's yeah. a, it's like, yeah, I just think it's cool just to play around with this kind of stuff. Um, and I spent a long time going through all the endings and that kind of stuff, um, and you know, I I enjoyed it, but even if you didn't enjoy it, I think it's still cool that they did it. Mm-hmm. because Netflix doesn't have to do this stuff. They could just lay back and just keep making original movies and putting stuff up there. They don't really have to experiment, I don't feel like, and they are. And I think that like this is dope. 
Um, I, I think as far as the resurgence of stuff, I think there are there's already been a resurgence. I think that um, specifically do like the sites like uh, Giant Bomb. You know, I've been playing these games like Missing. Mm. You know, which is a which is a great little F FMV game. There was like a Taxi Driver one, which I forgot the name of. That was like hilarious. You could always um, play the Quiet Man. Yeah, uh, do I, not I, play the Quiet game. Man. I yes. actually am probably gonna watch a uh, YouTube uh, playthrough of that because, like, I mean, P- Patrick Klepek's like description of that game was one of the funniest <laughs> things I've read all year. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so so the the name of the taxi game is like Roundabout, yeah, oh, Roundabout which came yeah. out a couple of years ago. But like I was just like introduced to it uh, re- recently. So I think that these FMV games, um, you know, they're they're funny. You know, um, is it ever going to be a dominating genre? No, but I think in the same way that um, point and clicks have kind of come back and found their niche, you know, with uh, Telltale and Life is Strange, you know, and like um, these other series. I think there's definitely more of a niche for these FMV games, but specifically for people our age, you know, mm-hmm. um, that like grew up like seeing the commercial for like a postage sized video of Sewer Shark on the Sega CD. Yeah. And I was like, yo, that's the future. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Or or like Night Trap. That's that's the future, yo. Yeah. You know. Um, you know, I mean I I think it's cool. And and I, I I think we should be I think people in gaming should be rooting for this all the way. Yeah. Um so yeah. I'm totally with you on that reef. I like I I fell in love with the fact that this was going to be a thing and then once I saw how well they executed on it, I was like I instantly, like ten minutes into the thing, I was like, I want more of this. Like, I want more of these experiences, and I want Netflix to figure it out. And then kind of hearing a little bit of the scuttlebutt on on social media about, like, how everything got kind of made. I I think I heard, if I'm not mistaken, that all of this was kind of written out in twine. And that 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 was, like, the way that the writers kind of did the branches and figured out how to do all the stuff and then the writing and all that stuff. If I'm not, you know, if I got that wrong, then please correct me on on Twitter and all that stuff. But I believe that was a a, a sentiment that I heard, that it was all written in twine. Which, again, is, like, just shares the the wonderful, like, ability for everyone to be able to make, quote-unquote, games. And to be able to have these dope experiences kind of play themselves out. And to see someone with so much money like Netflix kind of jumping into the bandwagon and having these multi multi million person events happen so that when you get go to work or, you know, you talk to people, you're like, yo, did you get this ending or did you get that? Like those those experiences are always fantastic to have. And I love those in part in terms of media that we get to consume. Yeah. And and, and like I, th- I think the main thing is that, you know, this is a cool surprise don't run this thing into the ground, y'all. Don't start putting this in every single series because then it's going to get whack. Yeah, I think because uh-huh. the every one of it, every one if if they start kind of saying, "Oh, this is a new craze," put it in like everything, then they're not going to do it as well, and they're and it's not going to be a passion project like I think this was, um, and and it's gonna like don't try to make it the thing. Yeah, like this was a this was a cool surprise. Chill, maybe do it in like one other thing as as a surprise later. It's a perfect fit for the Black Mirror kind of universe. Mm-hmm. Not as perfect as a fit, I feel like, for you know any of their other series if they try to kind of shoehorn this in. Don't you think um, Daredevil would have been cool with this? An episode like an episode <laughs> though. Yeah, hey, yeah, yeah. I mean, 
No. No, I want a straight from like those kind of things. I want a straight narrative, but in in Black Mirror, where it's right. all about the perils of technology sure. and being controlled by things, it totally fits. But like, if it's like Orange is is the new Black or House of Cards, <laughs> where you know, like, nah, man, like like uh, tell your story. I want the prices you know? and, right, and to maybe do this. Y- you know. Maybe have like a little like mini thing where it's like this isn't the full season, but hey, here's a little ten minute thing where you can fuck around with some decisions. That'll be cool. Mm. Which which I I think that like this is because like Bandersnatch is not like it's not in the Black Mirror season five thing. It's like right. a whole separate thing. So if they keep keep it that way as like these like special things that they kind of like just drop um when you don't expect it i think that's cool yeah yeah so have you guys watched hardcore henry it's a movie yes. that came out of, a few years ago I have, um yep. so uh yeah so if you're not familiar with this movie it was uh filmed entirely in first person and it's basically like a a two-hour gopro parkour video game movie like yeah. It's the it, video game movie. It, for sure. I mean, it it literally plays out like an FMV video game. Um, yeah. Your protagonist has no voice. Um, there's, you know, your girlfriend gets snatched by this guy, and you know the people run up to you just like in, you know, just like if you were playing Mad Dog McCree or you know one of those games from the late '90s where they had FMV and light guns and all that other stuff. Um, I could easily see a a movie like that, um, some type of thing like that on a streaming service where you have a, a controller, you have some sort of input uh, readily available to you uh, using using that ability to make choose your own adventure style um, interactive media uh, media. So I like and I'm. I'm okay with that. Like, I'm okay with exactly what you were saying, Ka, that those water cooler moments where people come in uh, to work the next day and they're like, oh, well, what ending did you get? Or what did you do? Yeah. Or, you know, mm-hmm. um, those, that's, that's fantastic. You know, especially with, you know, live actors and stuff like that. That's great. Yeah. Two games that you should definitely check out if you are kind of curious about getting into it, like the ones that uh, Reef and C said. Uh, what was that again? It was the the Quiet Man. Uh, yeah, Quiet Man. Don't play that game. Don't oh, <laughs> he said, "Don't play." It. Okay, if yeah, you want to watch make Patrick, a playthrough, yeah, if you want to make Patrick Klepek happy, uh, watch a playthrough and then tweet at him. Uh, but a couple of quick games that I remember very recently checking out again. Her story that was like fantastic when that dropped. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. and then Late Shift, which I definitely got a chance to check out, which was really interesting. Um, and, and a lot of fun. Definitely check that out. It should be on PS4 and on, I think it's on all the platforms at this point. Uh, so you'll be able to check that out too if you're digging some full video stuff. Um, so sure. Also, one more game yeah. uh, that uh, if you can dig up um, a Sega CD, <laughs> um, make my video crisscross. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> and, and make my video Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch. Yes. That's right. Yeah. Both oh, my God. Very I good. would stream that. So, oh, man, I would stream that. Yeah. So, like, we actually played it during uh, our uh, Extra Life thing two years ago. I got to dig up the video, but it was hilarious. Oh, my God. Very, very, very hilarious. 
That's great. If you can and find it is a choice link to based. That, you got to choose what loops you put on there, and wow. then they tell you if it's fresh or not. It's wow. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Oh god. That's awesome. Uh, what is fresh is Mr. Stubby Stan, Mr. Cicero Holmes, giving everyone at home the social media business. Uh, social media business is as follows. Uh, check us out on all your social media platforms at Spawn on Me. If you want to follow us individually, check the bios. Our information is right there. Spawn on dot me is our home. You can go there, find this episode and all of our past episodes, our archives, what we're doing, uh, what's coming up next in the world of Recalgo. Uh, do all that stuff right there. Check us out on Patreon. Level up your Bricago residency as little as a dollar a month. Patreon.com slash spawn on me and gain access to our late night bonus show spawn on me after dark and other special surprises that we will be adding there soon. Uh, let's see. Um, also podcasts. This is a podcast. It comes out on Tuesday. Check it out in your favorite podcatcher. If it's a place where you can rate and review, uh, please do so. Subscribe, obviously, and tell your friends. Uh, also, if you want to send your friends uh, Soldier Boy, uh, a Soldier Boy gift card, you can get one. $10 gift card, $10 increments of Soldier Bucks. Uh, so they can get that Soldier phone, y'all. Uh, and then email us about your Soldier Boy and Soldier Phone and Soldier Watch uh, exploits at Spawn on Me Podcast at gmail.com. Just remember not to soldier soul because that would be bad business. Uh, <laughs> um, thank you again for checking out the show this week and every week. Uh, we love you all. Make sure you check out the show next week because we'll be dropping our Spawnies Game of the Year discussion. We'll be breaking that up into two episodes because it was a long one. Um, and hopefully you'll be able to check all that out and then share your feedback about what we got right and what we got wrong. So until then, we will say peace and we love you all. Peace. Peace.